Boom Blast. And we are live. Once again, Wrap It Up Podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Join with my man Foots. Foots, what's going on? How you doing? What's going on? Shout out to all my people out there on Instagram, on all the social media platforms. We here. <laughs> we here. And you know what? The Raptors were here too. The Raptors, the Raptors are not here for the play play though. The Raptors, another win. 124-111 in Utah. Second night of a back-to-back. Second Doesn't night. matter. No Kawhi Leonard. Doesn't matter. 124-111. Toronto Raptors improved to 10-1 on the season. Again, in real life, the Toronto Raptors are 10-1 and on the season. I don't even know. This team, you, you, they put up challenges. You look at this road trip. This was not an easy road trip, right? Not at all. You had the Lakers, and then you had the second half of back-to-back in Utah, one of the toughest places to play in the league. Raptors seemed unfazed, though, Foots. I agree. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm still in disbelief, Toronto. I'm not even going to lie to you. I expected us to be maybe... Seven and three, yeah. six and four ish, but nine and one, ten and one, ten and ten, one. Sorry, sorry, my bad. Ten, <laughs> ten and one. Let's go, let's go. Toronto Raptors are hype again. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and this is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps Post Game Show. And shout out to all the people that already have joined in on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. If you want to join in, be a part of the conversation. Hit us up there, see people filtering now, add your comments, add your questions, we'll get to them for sure. And also shout out to the people watching the live stream of the entire podcast, you know, because I feel bad for Instagram people because they just have to look at my like terrible face. But if you go to the actual normal feed on Twitter, which is at Shell Alexander, and you can click on that link. Once you get there, you'll see the video. If you click on that video, another window pops up, and that gets you into Periscope. And that's where, on the side, you'll see a chat bar where you can also join in and ask questions. Make mm-hmm. your comments. What did you think of the game? Who was the MVP of the game? Who was your X Factor? Whoever you want to diss or shout out, let us know. But that's how you get in contact with the people here Myself and Foots doing the podcast. And of course, shout out to the people that will be listening to this tomorrow on their commute. Because, you know, this isn't just about the live show. This becomes a podcast afterwards that you can find on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Take us to work, please. (laughs) I won't tell people. If you want to listen and watch on YouTube while you're at work, I won't tell on you. It's okay. It'll be our secret. No snitching over here. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, again, the Toronto Raptors improved to 10-1 after a 124-111 win in Utah. No Kawhi Leonard. JV gets to start for Serge tonight. And I'm going to start there with that, Foots, because last night, Serge Ibaka had the game of his life. Thank you. 34 points, 10 rebounds, and he doesn't start tonight? How do you, like, what does that show you? Just the fact that the Raptors are able, like, as an organization, Nick Nurse, new coach, is able to say, hey, you just had a career night. But tonight, you know what? Because of the matchups, you're going to come off the bench. What does that tell you about what's going on with this team right now? It was just like the conversation we had earlier on before we came on on, online. It's an adjustment from Dwayne Casey in last year. Dwayne Casey was never, would (laughs) never make that adjustment. (laughs) Serge, you had the game of your life. You know what? We're going to start you in the next game because we think that you're going to have the next game of your life again. (laughs) And you know what? I mean, Serge... He came off the bench. He still went 8 for 8, 17 points. He didn't miss a shot. Serge continues to cook. This whole Raptors team continues to cook. You know what it is? It's a buy-in. 
The fact, you know what? It takes a bigger and a mature player to have a game of their yeah. life the night yeah. before and to come in and your coach tells you, hey, listen, because of matchups, yeah. he's buying in. And yeah. I appreciate that. For sure. For sure. It shows a lot of growth. It shows buy-in from the top down, yep. right? Because if you're one of the other guys at the end of that Raptors bench and you see Serge Ibaka have the game of his life right. and then accept, I'm going to come off the, the bench. bench. You, have, mm -hmm. you can't be Greg Monroe and complain about minutes. You can't be someone else on the team and complain about minutes, That's it, right? right? So what we're seeing from the Raptors, it's obviously been an amazing start to the season. And this game was super interesting to me because this had all the makings of being just a tough loss for the Raptors. Again, there's no Kawhi Leonard, and we'll, we'll touch on that in a bit. But the way that this game started, Utah got out to a 12-5 to run. Then, to me, again, it was Kyle Lowry who changed things because – it was an 8-0 run at the time for the Jazz in the first quarter. And what did Kyle Lowry do? Dribble penetration, a little dump off to JV right in the paint. Easy bucket. That got the Raptors kind of going, kind of slowed down the run. And then it just, the whole game just flipped all of a sudden. Like, it, it was crazy how this game went because it went from being a super mm -hmm. slow down game to all of a sudden the Raptors just, oh yeah, we're, we're on one. Mm -hmm. You guys don't even deserve to be on the same court as us. How did that happen? You know what? Uh, uh, one thing that I'm seeing, along with the uh, nine straight nine straight games that Kyle Lowry is averaging, uh, averaging ten plus more assists, yeah, is the fact that he's quarterback in the games. Yeah, he's noticing that hey, we don't have our best stuff. Maybe to start off the game, mm -hmm. let's slow it down here. Let's get JV some touches. Let's get some paint touches in there yeah. a little bit, right? So, I, and let me and another point too. I've never seen Kyle Lowry pass the ball to JV as much times. These last six to seven games than he has the last two years of the Raptors. I'm just saying. It's true. He had DeMar vision. He had yeah. DeMar vision. He had DeMar vision. Right? Before. It's just been a crazy thing. And as much as I want to give Kyle Lowry credit for what he did in terms of just all in the, the change and managing the game, Pascal Siakam. Yes, sir. He changed the game as well. Like, he went on, like, a personal, like, I don't know what it was, 6-0 run at yep. one point where he's just going full court. Spin move. <laughs> spin move after spin move after spin move dime. That's his, that's his, that's his move right there. His game is just crazy. You're mentioning that like twisting, weird layup that he had. And then he finds Surge. Surge hits a three as Surge continues to cook. Confidence. Timeout jazz. And it was just one of those things where the bench came in. And at the same time, I don't know, Utah's a weird team. Like, I don't know who's gassing Joe Engels and uh, your boy Ricky Rubio, but those guys just kept shooting and shooting and shooting and missing and missing and missing. But the Raptors, again, Pascal Siakam has been doing it for how many games now in a row? 16 points tonight, 16 and 7, a plus 25. Like, this kid, you mentioned it, he is putting his stamp down on the Most Improved Player Award, no? Yes, he is. I agree. And he's the most improved. Like, he is the most improved player in the NBA so far. So far. It's early. 11 games but in. But he's improved his overall numbers, and he's improved his points per game by, by four points. That's huge, so especially I, for a guy that's, that came off the bench but now has worked and earned a starting spot. And it shows the rest of the team, listen, exactly. you can get starter minutes mm -hmm. if you work hard and you, and you progress. And he has. And it's true, so. right? You picked up on what uh, the question was in the postgame, right? The postgame was, uh, it was Eric Smith doing the postgame interview. And he said, he asked the question. He said he was talking to Nick Nurse. And Nick Nurse said, he can't take Pascal out of the starting lineup now, right? He put yeah. him in and he's just played so well since being there. You can't take him out. And that's a great point you just made. Again, the rest of the guys on the team, 
you're seeing that, hey, if I earn minutes, if I earn this time, I'm going to get a chance to shine. And Pascal is mm -hmm. definitely running with it. And I have a question for you and also for the people, again, in Instagram and on Twitter, wherever, feel free to jump in and answer. Mm -hmm. But I was asking a friend at work today this question, and I'd love to get your take. Have you seen what's the last Raptor to make a leap like Pascal Siakam has made from last year to this year? Like, I was trying to think about that, and I, I don't have an answer. Who have you seen take a leap from one year to the next like this? In recent memory? Just period. Like, I, I don't remember something like this. I, I think maybe, like, if you go back all the way to T-Mac, when T-Mac was buried on the bench, and then at the end of one season, they finally, Butch finally yeah, gave him, him some in. minutes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, then he got a little playoff touch, and then the yeah, next year, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, but, like, recent time Raptors, one year to the next. Now, we saw it gradually from DeMar. Right, Demar would add a little something to his game each year, and he became a star. But I mean, from you know one what? year to the next, I'm going to give you a different, here. maybe a different mindset. I think it's, um, I would say maybe like it was out of force, like Doug Christie. I think I think Doug Christie made made it. Doug Christie. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going back. Like in, I'm, like I'm going it. back like in the, the the dinosaur bag. I like it. I you like know it. what I mean? I think Doug Christie. That the, there was one year Doug Christie went from just a defender mm -hmm. strictly. I know Don't even saying. look at the hoop. Yeah. To a a, 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 a night score for the Raptors the next year, right? It's interesting, yeah. It's and interesting. but I think it, but we needed that. That was like by accident. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, this is more confidence. These guys went into the summer. Him and Van Fleet specifically went into the summer, mm -hmm. working out in the game and working out with other all stars, yeah. superstars. So when they got into the regular season. Oh, these guys ain't nothing. Yeah. And I'm confident enough I can play with them because I've already worked out with them For over sure. the summertime. For sure. Right? Uh, I see Q in the chat. He says Antonio Davis from when he went from the Pacers to the Raptors. That's, that's another. It's uh, interesting. That's interesting. But that's more based off like just getting more playing time, right? Because like he, Antonio Davis, if I'm not mistaken, was a bench guy in the Pacers and then became a starter when he was on the Raptors, but still a solid By leap. accident, right? Still a solid leap. This is just like crazy development. And I don't know what the ceiling is because he's just all over the court. It's all energy. And I don't know if I want to give the Raptors that much credit in regards to player development. Like these oh, guys went... Okay. These guys went That's on their own. I seen these guys mm -hmm. through Instagram go on their own. Yeah. We're working out in LA and working out with certain other guys. The one thing I will say, though, about that, I don't know if it's talked about nearly enough because the stories were out there from last year. And yep. now as you look back on it, it seems kind of odd when you look back in hindsight. But there were stories last year where Nick Nurse was a focal point of these stories as an assistant coach. Yes, he talked about how he spent, not this past summer, but the summer before that, when he was the assistant, yep. working with the bench mob and working on their game, working with this offense. Again, we talked about this on the podcast before, but they would play five on five or they would play half court. And there are special rules where you had to score basically in the paint or in a, or a three pointer mid range shots were worth negative points. Right. And mm -hmm. so you just see the overall development and the skill set of their game. And a guy like Fred Van Fleet, you can't keep him Thank out you. of the paint. You can't. And it was great to see, we mentioned the great games that other guys had, but it was great to see Fred Van Fleet and OG Ananobi. Both of those two guys, they've kind of been out of the lineup due to injuries, obviously personal reasons for OG, but it was great to see those two guys get in the lineup and contribute. No, and I agree. Um, the OG especially, mm -hmm. because Nick Nurse's system is, is, is so simplified for OG, all he has to do realistically is defend and hit a wide open three. Yeah. 
17 points tonight for OG, 3 of 5 from three-point land, 7 of 13 overall. Solid performance from OG, and he obviously moved into the starting lineup with Kawhi Leonard not in the lineup tonight. And the Toronto Raptors, again, get it from Kyle Lowry. You mentioned, of course, he uh, has the Raptors record now for most consecutive games with 10 or more assists. Lowry, 17 and 11, and 7 rebounds. (laughs) Like, the numbers each and every night for Kyle Lowry are just there, but we're starting to see it consistently now from Kyle, Siakam, and Serge. And Serge. It's almost becoming night in, night out. You just you, you tick those guys in, and you almost know what you're going to get from those guys. Right. Is that weird? Is it um, weird, or should we just like accept you know it at what? this point? I think we need to accept it, but it is kind of weird because I, didn't, I wasn't sure, especially with Serge and Kyle. Listen, they had a super, they were sitting on a super hot seat. Yeah. So the fact that these guys came in here and there was a lot to make coming into the season. Remember, Kyle legitly, especially with Toronto media, he he locked off Toronto media, <laughs> sport, sports media, I mean. Yeah. Right? So it's just one of those things that you, we didn't know what we we're going to get from Kyle. Yeah. And if this is what we're going to get from Kyle now that we see this, man, we want more of it. Yeah. Kyle Lowry has been just an absolute, like... And he's still Kyle, right? Like, even yep. at, towards the end of the game where he, he finally checked out, he's yep. arguing with the ref over yep. a play, chirping the ref. And that's Chip. the Kyle you want to see because you know he's engaged. That chip that's on the it. shoulder Kyle Lowry is the best Kyle Lowry, right? Especially uh, for our team. Especially for the Toronto Raptors. And again, just the way that this game went, the Raptors held the Jazz. The game really, I mean, it was kind of close at halftime. What was the score at halftime? I had it written down somewhere. I want to say it was pretty close at halftime. But at the end of the day, this game really got was out never of close. In, in the third quarter, right? So the Raptors held the Jazz to 18 points in the third quarter. Really, they outscored Utah 64-41 to 41 since the end of the first quarter and led by 22 heading into the fourth. The game was pretty much over then. Yep. This was one of those games, which I say happens all the time, where it becomes blatantly apparent at one point or another during the game that one team is just getting outclassed. And that was the Utah Jazz tonight. And again, to see what the Raptors are able to do without Kawhi Leonard, it's kind of scary. It really is scary, no? We have rotations. Oh, it's definitely scary. We have rotations mm-hmm. that can beat other teams Doing without Kawhi. Like, that, that's cra- like, to me, that's crazy. So I'm going to go to a comment on the Instagram here. Thomas says, so many people What's were up, hating- Thomas? What up, Thomas? How you doing, man? So many, people, uh, so many people were hating on Kyle before the season started. Now they all love him. Back then, they I think, didn't want me that right? hot. They all love I feel, right? I, feel like that, I feel like that's the NBA. That's life, right? That's Especially, life. and these guys, and you know what? These guys set it up like that, too. They need that chip on their shoulder. They need they need something. That Kyle Lowry Philly mentality, man. That that's chip it. on his shoulder. He's been living with that all his life, Lowry, right? Like, right, we need it. That's the, that's the gift and the curse, right? That's what makes Kyle Lowry who that's he it. is. He doesn't get to that point, to this point in his career, without that chip on his shoulder. And... This guy has just been going crazy. It's been amazing to watch what he's doing. And another guy, too, Serge Ibaka, I know he fouled out. But the fact that Serge finished 8 for 8 in 14 minutes, <laughs> he's hit 27 what? of his last 29 shots. That Again, is nuts. He's hit 27 of his last 29 shots. That means he's locked in. He's after, engaged and he's locked in. After we finished the pod last night, uh, we had NBA TV up. And Serge started 14 of 14 last night, right? And on NBA TV, I think it was David Griffin who gave the stat. It was basically it was something to the effect of the first, Serge was the first player to start a game 14 of 14 since Shaq 
on the Lakers. Wow. <laughs> right? I mean, we know that Serge ain't Shaq. <laughs> no. <laughs> right? But he's what Serge is doing right now is crazy. I cannot say a bad thing about Serge. For, I will not. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And you know, before it used to be the Serge will get the ball, and it's like, no, 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 yeah. I don't even do that anymore. I'm just like, you know what, Serge, get yours. If you if you take a bad shot here or there, I can't even be mad at you because you're balling. And you know what, the dominance of our front court is coming into play. Look at between Siakam, Serge, and JV, they're averaging seven and a half rebounds. So you're telling me we have twenty? We're averaging twenty three rebounds in the paint a night. It's crazy. That's dominance. It's crazy what's going on with the Toronto Raptors right now. And again, you're getting it from everyone. This was a pretty good game, too, because Kyle Lowry's been working a pretty heavy workload. So for yes, him to has. only play 29 minutes in this game, that's pretty good because second night of a back-to-back -back again. He needs his rest. Yeah. Also, a big part of this game, and I, I can't emphasize this enough because we know that this team, with or without Kawhi Leonard, the bench mob is a massive part of this team. Yep. And so Fred Van Fleet tonight had his best game of this season so far. Freddie with 17 points, six assists, four rebounds, hit, knocked down two threes. What did you make of Fred Van Fleet? And overall, like, how important is he to the overall operation of the Raps? Freddie Van Fleet is, is really, really important, mm -hmm. but I felt like he hit, he hit timely shots today. Yes, yes. Wonderful. And I think that's just going to be his role going forward, especially in the playoffs. We're going to need him because we're going we're gonna to need timely shots from yeah. him. Yeah. You know, when, we st when, they, when they start double-teaming Kawhi, Kawhi or they start double-teaming Surge if he gets hot in the paint. Mm -hmm. Those key timely shots. And I think Van Fleet has, 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 has improved on hitting those timely shots. It's not, hey, I got to come down and, and, and make a play every time. Yeah. But he knows that, hey, when the ball gets reversed, it's being reversed for a reason. Yeah. I got to hit this. And it's so crazy. We talk about the fact that when you watch last year's team and – no matter what, this team, this Toronto Raptors team in season is going to continue to be compared to last year's team, right? Of course. And last year was the start of seeing how this new offense was going to work, but the evolution of it, right? The the fact that it's now fully contagious from the entire lineup top down buying into this ball movement. And, you know, it sounds crazy, but the way that Freddie and Kyle are moving the ball is the same way that Serge and Siakam are moving the ball. Like we were commenting, Siakam, at least twice a night, it seems, this guy will have the ball on the break and he's diming Serge. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. when I say diming, I don't just mean like he's adding a little sauce to the pass yes. too, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a little ragu on that. Right? Yeah. I'm just like, okay, Pascal, like where did this come from? I wrote down the, the evolution will be televised and he is doing it big. It's confidence. Like Siakam's confidence at an all-time high. Mm -hmm. he's, he's allowed to grab the ball off the board, yeah. push it up the floor, and if he doesn't have anything, hey, depending on who's defending him, I can make a move and make a play for my next big man. That I'm playing alongside. This is totally a good point coming up in the ins Instagram chat again. Equal opportunity offense. I think that's yep. a great way to put it, right? Because yep. everybody can make plays. Everyone can make a shot. Everyone can shoot or pass or whatever. And there's no... You know, sometimes when you would watch, and maybe this is the more the old NBA, and by old NBA, I'm only going back like two years. Of course. But you know, you'd have situations where someone just shoots because they haven't shot the ball in a long time. Yes. You don't see that in this Raptors offense. Guys are so unselfish. We saw Siakam, as I mentioned, he had like a 6-0 run and then himself had a 6-0 run. And then he came down the court, 
could have probably tried to take a tough lay-in, but instead dimed it to Surge. And that just shows to me the growth of just everyone, as you said, buying into the overall offense. Um, I don't know who we call the MVP of tonight's game. The numbers are pretty even across the board, so I think I'm going to give it to, to Lowry, just because Lowry with the double-double again, 17, 11, and 7. That's a pretty solid night from Kyle Lowry. Very solid. Kyle doing it again, and I think why it's funny how things change within a week. Last week when I was talking with Webby, shouts out to the Ball on Blast podcast, shameless plug, um, but on that podcast with Webby where we talk more general NBA stuff, mm-hmm. one of the questions we had regarding the Raptors was, is Kyle Lowry really the MVP of the Raptors? And at that point, it sounded a little bit crazy, but now that we've seen mm-hmm. more games without Kawhi, more games with Kyle Lowry doing work, it's not that crazy, is it? No, he is the most valuable player to our team. Oh. Because he's the glue guy. He keeps us together. He runs. He, he's running a tight ship. I'm okay. not going to give all the credit to Nick Nurse at the end of the day because mm-hmm. it has to be somebody on the floor yeah. doing the coaching. Yeah. And that is Kyle Lowry. As Kawhi hasn't now, even played all the games. It's true. As of now, Kyle Lowry's going for 18 and 11. 11 and 11.6 assists per game. You mentioned he's leading the league in assists. Mm-hmm. It's really... It's fun to watch. The Raptors' style of basketball is fun to watch because they are all over the place. And someone today mentioned this to me, and I wish I could remember who it was so I could give them credit. Apologies. But they're basically talking about the fact that this Raptors team, all of the players that are that get minutes, can affect the game in multiple ways. It's not like... So even if they're not scoring and the shot's not going down... They're still playing defense. They're yes. rebounding. They're doing the small things. Yes. Yeah. And that's a beautiful part of it, right? Because mm-hmm. no matter who it is, it's like you have to check the box score to see, oh, well, what did this guy do? Oh, what did that guy do? Because, you know, Danny Green, to me, almost seems like he has the same game every night. But mm-hmm. one time he'll have, like, 12 points. The next time he'll have, like, seven. But he still is playing defense. He's still hitting. Do you know what? Do you know, do you define know what roles. Yes. Everybody yes. has a defined role in the Raptors. And yeah. I think even the Raptors, the, the younger guys from mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. I think uh, their role is still the same. But now they've just been more comfortable with that. Yeah. With their role. It's another year of confidence. And, again, I yep. want to point out a fact from yesterday that was so important to me. Anyways, it stood out to me a lot. And it was before the game started. It was a pregame interview with uh, Fred Van Fleet. And they're talking about how, you know, Raptors off to a 9 and one start or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's been a great start to the season. Uh, how does it feel that you're now getting back into the groove or whatever? And Fred was like, yeah, we need to all get back out there because, to be honest, I don't, despite our record, I don't really think we played that well this season. And I thought, <laughs> that is amazing. Mm-hmm. right like that's what you want to see from your young gunners in the sense that this is a guy who yeah bet on himself had to scrap in the nba got his contract got his bag but it's still like trying no, to no, improve no. yeah there's still room for improvement yes and that's the thing too if yes. you look at it we have six players averaging over 10 points a game mm-hmm. and the seventh would be van fleet he's averaging 9.5 points a game yeah so when van fleet says that now it's hey we can get maybe two or three guys averaging above 10 yeah. And if we have two if we have uh the starting lineup and the bench players averaging ten points a game, listen, we're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean we're going to the NBA Finals. If you have your starting lineup mm-hmm. and you have your bench, especially your bench averaging above ten points a game, listen. <laughs> it's it's crazy right now. And I urge Raptors fans 
to pay attention to a couple other teams, right? And one of those nope. teams to pay attention to and what they're doing is the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are yes, for real. I know we tried to real. tell you that when the Bucks played the Raptors, and I know there was Non-shooters no Non-shooters that are now shooters? Well, people were talking about, like, oh, is this real? Is this real? <laughs> last night, I think it was last night's game, they showed a picture of the, the spray chart, you know, mm-hmm. the shooting chart. Yeah, yeah. And it was basically all of the baskets made off of Giannis' assists. I think he had, like, 15 assists in the game or something. And it was all just threes. So all you're seeing is Giannis doing work in the paint, and he's just kicking it out to these guys, and they're just bombing away. That team looks legit. And the the Milwaukee Bucks under Jason Kidd could never shoot outside shots. Now, all of a sudden now, they got an offensive-minded coach. Here's Here's the thing that I'll say, because it's very much like the Raptors... And, you know, I guess the blueprint, the modern-day blueprint is Golden State, obviously, right? But it's a difference that you're seeing in all these teams that are, you know, you wonder, how does this team now magically become a three-point shooting team? One, obviously, it's like game plan and mindset, right? Like, if the coach Mm -hmm. frees you up and says, hey, we want to shoot more threes, cool. That means you're more confident, it's in your head, you're practicing it more, cool. Mm -hmm. But it's also the difference in your offense in terms of what happens when you don't have the ball right? Mm. What are you doing on the backside? Is there action on the backside? Like screens going on to like open guys up or are dudes just standing in the corner like this? Just waiting. And I think if you're just standing in the corner like this, that's not good, right? It's never good. It's not good for ball movement. And I think that's what you're seeing with Milwaukee. That's what you're seeing with the Raptors. It's just constant moving, constant picks everywhere. Everyone's engaged. Everyone's on a string. It's reading and reacting more so than actual play calling. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Yes, it is. But again, I want to say this, and correct me if I'm wrong. Does it come? Does it start at the defensive end? Raptors being able to turn the ball over is that still the key to what this team have will to be able to do? Have to. We have to turn the ball over. We have the defenders to do so. We have the the inside interior paint guys to grab rebounds and dominate there. Yeah. So it starts with defense. The attitude mm-hmm. is on defense, and that rolls into our offense. Right. We can now. Fast break on the other end. Now we can penetrate and kick out to our shooters now. And now we have a whole bunch of shooters. Everybody can shoot now all of a sudden. Confidence. Shooters on deck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Raptors fans are exciting. I'm just going to read a bunch of uh, comments here. This is all coming from, again, if you go to at Shell Alexander on Twitter, click on the link, you end up in this Periscope feed. A lot of people commenting here. I'm just going to read a bunch of comments. Uh, this one was about the jumps. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about who made a jump quite like the one OGs made from one year to the next. And this person says Kyle Lowry from 2012-2013 to 2013-2014 Kyle Lowry. Okay. Interesting. 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 Um, another person asks, is Nick Nurse the leading candidate right now for coach of the year? Seems like too early to too talk early. about that. I too mean, early. And, and how are you going to rate Nick Nurse above Bundholzer or even... Yeah, yeah. That guy, Steve Kerr, that I don't like to mention, but <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's too early. Um, other comments here. JV has never been as efficient as he is now. That's pretty true, That's right? accurate. And That's... I think, why do you think that is? I'll ask you first because I have a theory on it. Why do you think JV's been more accurate? Or you want to hear what I think first? Cause you, you want the on, to, to keep it real? Yeah, keep it a why buck. Is, because Kyle Lowry is passing him the ball. <laughs> It's just that simple. It's just that... Look, Valanciunas has improved every year. Mm-hmm. 
realistically, he's improved every single year. Yeah. But now we're finally just giving him, him the ball. ball and giving him opportunity. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, I can't I can't argue with that point. I think that's a big factor because I feel like we watched it a lot in the Dwayne Casey era where JV would start the game and he'd have like 12 points in like the first quarter and a half of the game. That's and all, all of sudden, offensive rebounding. <laughs> and then like not touch the ball or not play in the fourth quarter, Thank right? You. It was just a weird setup. So yes, I think one, they are passing him the ball more for sure. But also I think the way that the Raptors offense is working in terms of it's a lot of drive and dump downs, spacing. right? So it's it's spacing. So spacing, he's getting the ball, him and Serge. And Serge has really been a lot better than JV so far. Yes, but just yes. like the little chippy or like floaters, you know, like into mm -hmm. the lane, he'll get it two or three feet out, out away from the rim. And he's just able to drop those in high percentage shots as opposed to the normal way he would get the ball when it's the old, oh, you haven't touched the ball in a while. And it's yep. back down. Okay. Give me the ball in the post. Let me post up. And then now back down, back. Like it's it takes not too long. It's too slow. It's inefficient. It's inefficient. So it's interesting, but a great point there. JV definitely being more efficient. Uh, let's see. What I loved was, here's another comment from uh, Periscope. What I loved was the defensive intensity late in the game, even when we were up 20 points. That's a thing. That's real to me. That is super real to me because at the end of the day, the Toronto Raptors, that's what they're going to win on is going to be defense, especially with Kawhi in the lineup. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be awesome to, to just watch this team defend, defend, defend all the way to hopefully what people are hoping is the NBA Finals. Again, for those, as we close things out here, Toronto Raptors, 124-111 win over the Utah Jazz. Raptors improved to 3-0 and on this road trip. They close it out Wednesday night in Sacramento. Uh, if they go 4-0 and on this West Coast road trip, I don't remember many Raptor teams that would be that successful on, on these West, West Coast, Coast road swings. Right? And this was a tough trip. So big ups to the Raptors for that, for sure. sure. Uh, Foots, let the people know. Where can they find you? What's going on? You can find me where you can always find me. Okay. Instagram at DDS Caps. Yep. Follow the family. And if you want to follow me personally, at Eastside O. Beautiful. And I am Sheldon Alexander. Of course, you can find me as you can find this Wrap It Up podcast after each and every Raptor game on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And I just want to give a shout out to all the people that listen to the podcast because this becomes a podcast in the same stream that you find our Ball on Blast podcast, which is on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play. All you have to do is search on Blast podcast and you'll get this podcast each and every morning that for your morning commute, hear what happened to the Raptors the night before. Comes in handy, I've been told, especially for these West Coast games late night. Yes, Don't want to keep you up late. So we got you covered <laughs> in the morning, right? And lastly, I want to give a special shout out to the YouTube following, the YouTube Massive. Shout out to you guys for all the comments. I love the comments. I love hearing where you think I'm wrong because, cool, I am going to be wrong about a lot of stuff. That's cool. I want to hear the conversation. That's what this is about. It's just a community to talk to Raptors fans about, again, the biggest season in franchise history because you have finals expectations. That's what it is. This is finals. what's been so far. The Raptors continue to do so. Again, they improved to 10 and 1, 124, 111. Again, for my man Ola Matty, aka Bigfoots, I am Sheldon Alexander. Peace and love. And as a wise man once said, I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is 
the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace and love. Boom, blast.